Welcome to the Fathom Academy podcast, a podcast designed for the people of Fathom Church to be resourced to go deeper with God. I'm Kyle Knight, I'm the digital ministry director here at Fathom. Thank you for listening in wherever you are. Um, we've got our fearless leader, Pastor Chris Martin, here with us today. I'm not sure if fearless is the right word. It is. Quite fearful. Quite fearful. Quite true, quite fearful, full of fear, <laughs> or full of fear leader. A fearing, f- yes, <laughs> yes. Pastor Chris is here. Um, we are going to be talking about this this past Sunday. Um, actually, these last two Sundays, uh, we have we have Chris has been speaking on tongues and prophecy out of First Corinthians, um, which have been. Great weeks. Well, I, I, I've thought of, I thought doozy. about just doing a full podcast of tongues. Yeah. Just speaking in tongues just for, <laughs> for 25 minutes. And go. And send it. And send it. Who's going to listen to it? Uh, yeah, that is a <laughs> that is a good question. Who is going to listen to it? Um, so, uh, yeah, two weeks ago, uh, Chris preached on tongues. And then this past Sunday talked about prophecy. And so uh, a few weeks back, we said that we wanted to do um, at least one podcast on tongues, but we're going to add in, I think we're going to talk about prophecy something. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and we put out the, the text number, uh, for the church out there and, um, getting all of your questions, and everything. So we've got, we've got a handful of questions that we'd love to just go through with, uh, pastor Chris here about those things. And again, this is for, um, all the people of fathom church. If you're, if you maybe listen to both, maybe you didn't listen to Chris's sermons and that's okay. Shame on um, you. It's okay. They were good. So Shame. <laughs> well, I don't know if they were good. They were but, good. Um, um, go back and and listen to them. And um, especially I think these two topics, uh, you're always going to have questions about them. And, um, and so that's why we're doing this. Uh, this is part of our sort of diving deeper uh, mini series, I guess on our, on our podcast where we take some of pastor Chris's or whoever's preaching uh, their sermons and go a little bit deeper into them, into these topics. And so now can I um, give a disclaimer? Too? Yes, you can. So, so we, I looked at the questions and I didn't research answers for them. I'm just going to kind of give you the best answer that I know. Um, Deal. And so, so I think we'll be okay with that. Well, I just <laughs> like, this will not be exhaustive. Mm-hmm. I might say something that I say, wait, you know what? Actually, that's completely wrong. Uh, so Again, this is us learning together. This is new stuff for me too. These are right. this is not where I was raised. I wasn't raised with uh, these these kind of charismatic mm-hmm. gifts, these supernatural gifts. Some say uh, so. This is all new. I'm learning this alongside of our church, but um, I'll do my best to kind of give you what I think and what I what I understand to be adequate answers. And hopefully, this helps a little bit. Yeah, and these <laughs> these are both weird topics. I mean, you said it multiple times in your sermon. Like th- this is weird stuff, and. Um, and so it's okay if you have questions about this stuff. Um, and we always still do too. So, uh, that is why we, we do these podcasts is just so you can listen, um, hopefully learn some things, take away some things, but also continue to ask questions yourself. And, um, and even after this podcast, reach out to us, if you still have questions about this stuff, cause there's always going to be questions coming up. So mm-hmm. let's just. Let's just dive into it. This is about tongues and prophecy. So, um, so Chris, you you talked a lot about how these things, tongues and prophecy, that Paul talks about in First Corinthians, um, 
how it's used to build up or how it should be used to build up the body of Christ. So yeah. how are the gifts of tongues and prophecy best used to build up the body of Christ? Cause I think so, some of us are still confused about both of those things. Yeah. And still, I think some of us, including me kind of feel like, well, how can they be, if they are so weird and seem to be so private or something, how can they be beneficial to, to build up the body of Christ? Yeah, good. That, that's, that's good. Let me, I'll try to address it from a couple angles. Uh, first, remember that all the gifts, the spirituals, as we saw back in chapter 12, all of those um, are given for the edific- the building up of the body. Why does the Spirit give us gifts? He gives us gifts so that we can build up the church. And remember, I used the illustration. This was four or five weeks ago of of going to work going to work with Dad, right? The idea mm-hmm. that God could do the building up Himself if He wanted to, but He invites us to play. Like He invites us as His children to do work with Him. And even though it may be, um, it may seem like it is done uh, inadequately at times. Sometimes it gets it gets weird. It gets messy. It's not done as well. It's not done as fast. Mm-hmm. It's not done as efficiently. Uh, God delights in his children being a part of his gospel work, and he gives us giftings to do that. Now, on to the question of tongues and mm-hmm. prophecy. Um, this is the big issue that I came up across is, is how do you pl- how do you get these things? Uh, like, so let's take tongues. Mm-hmm. I understand tongues to be this prayer language, this, this uh, utterance, the, these, these vocalizations that, um, that are you talking to God. It's like a prayer thing or a praise thing. Um, and it seems to be, unless there's an interpretation, it seems to be private, individualistic. It, it's for you. It's for you in your prayer closet with the Lord praying to him with utterances that are deeper than you could understand. You don't, they don't, you don't even know what they mean. Um, but God does. Um, how then does that gift actually build up the body? Well, it would seem that there are ways that it can be used uttered. Uh, and then there would be somebody else who has an interpretation. Uh, so what <laughs> I think I made the joke in one of the sermons that like, how do you find somebody to interpret for you? Like if you've got an utterance in the middle of a church gathering, how, how do you find somebody who's got an interpretation? Right. Do you, do you utter and then like, wait, and if nobody has right. an interpretation, you sit back down and just be like, forget the utterance. <laughs> Never mind. For, yeah. Forget the tongue. Guess somebody didn't have a, uh, I better keep silent. That's what Paul says. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, here's where I think contextually, we have to think a little bit differently about the gathered church. Um, I, I think, I think a better expression of this corporately is probably uh, in a smaller gathering, like a discipleship group, mm-hmm. Bible study, um, something like that. Like our corporate gatherings of a couple hundred or sometimes in even larger churches of hundreds or thousands of people does not seem like an adequate venue to exercise the gift of tongues and interpretation. Um, it would seem to me that it would be better practiced if you're going to practice it in a corporate environment, in a smaller group where you say, Hey guys, I think I might have, you know, I, I, I speak in tongues. I might have a, a tongue. Does anybody, 
can we practice? Can we try this? Like, I don't, I mean, I don't even know. Like, right. does, does anybody feel like they would want to see if they have a gift of interpretation? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it feels like there would need to be some, some sort of conversation around that and some sort like, I don't, I don't know how I could see that working out publicly in our gatherings at Fathom or at a church right. larger than that. I do know some people who've said they've been in churches where somebody stands up and speaks in a tongue. And then if somebody has an interpretation, they stand up and give it. And if somebody doesn't, then they just sit back down. Uh, again, I don't know how right. that, what that really looks like uh, beyond that. Um, so it seems that tongues, and then I would say also prophecy, work better in smaller groups. Now, remember, these first century churches aren't mega churches, right? right? They're, they're smaller. They're gathering in homes. We talked about that earlier in 1 Corinthians that, uh, you know, the rich and the poor are gathering together in some of the larger, wealthier person's homes. Mm-hmm. So you're still talking about, I don't know, maybe 20, 30, maybe 40 people. I mean, I, these are, these would have to be huge homes to get many more than that into them. So, so these are not churches in the same medium as churches are today, not big organizations with buildings and staff. It's right. just very different. Um, so that's, that's, that's maybe my best answer to how we use these gifts. I think better in smaller groups, I think better, mm-hmm. um, even, even with prophecy, like we talked about uh, on Sunday, sharing words of encouragement in, in, in those ways, maybe not so much in like the corporate gathering. Hey, I've got a word of prophecy, right? Like raise your hand in the middle of the sermon. I don't make, I mean, maybe, but, um, I just don't see how that plays out really, um, in the way that Paul seems to deem as orderly. Right. And so with that kind of, this might be like a, part B question to that. So as you're talking about how both of these things could, could be beneficial or to, to not necessarily for corporate worship, but like, what would you do if you feel that, um, God has given you a word of prophecy, for example, let's, we'll pause on the tongues thing, but what would you, what would you say if if you feel like God has given you a word of prophecy for the whole church and maybe that's maybe that's not necessarily like oh stand up and just say mm. i've got a prophecy or maybe it has to do with like as as you were talking about in our in our personal prayer time with God he puts it on our heart that has something to do with the whole church what yeah. do we what should we as christians as churchgoers as maybe members of the church, maybe a fathom. Um, yeah. what do we, what are we supposed to do with that? Yeah. Like, are we just supposed to say, I don't like, totally. I don't know what that is. Who do okay, I go so, to? So, so two things, first of all, let's add tongues back on the table. And, yeah. and what if we just said, this might be an oversimplification, but what if we said tongues plus pro, plus, plus interpretation equals prophecy. Mm, right. So like, what if you okay. find a tongue, you have a tongue, you find somebody who can interpret it in your small group right. and you've believed that that is a prophetic word then for the church. Okay. So mm-hmm. there, now we've got tongues added onto that plate. But um, so you you feel like you've got a word and it's not just for, like I said in my sermon, Eric Shelley, right? but it's for Fathom Church. Um, what what should you do next? Um, well, I, I think the, the other thing that Paul says in, in 1 Corinthians 12 is that there's a gift of, uh, of um, uh, like a discerning the spirits. Mm-hmm. That's, I think, what he says. But um, Essentially, 
And I think I said in the sermon that interpretation is to tongues as discerning the spirits is to uh, prophecy. Right. That there is another piece of taking a word of prophecy and discerning, or or as he said in chapter 14, testing it, mm-hmm. you know, e- evaluating it. There's a job, uh, a gift, another e- edge to this that you must discern and test whether that is from God or f- maybe not from God. Mm-hmm. So Kyle, if you, uh, you, you are praying and the Lord lays something on your heart that you feel like, man, this is a message for the church, for Fathom Church. I think your next step is to bring that to the elders. Mm-hmm. The elders are the ones who are charged with uh, doctrinal oversight, uh, protection, teaching, uh, those sorts of uh, overseeing roles is what elders, uh, one of part of what elders do. And so if you had a word uh, of prophecy that you believe God gave you for the church uh, at, here at Fathom, I think you bring it to the elders and the elders then uh, hear that, weigh that, pray through that and discern whether that is truly a prophecy for the church that needs to be shared in whatever venue it might need to be shared in. Maybe that's an email. Maybe that's a video. Maybe that's on Sundays. Maybe it's a members meeting. I don't know. Um, but I would, I would say the gatekeepers would be (laughs) the elders, uh, in that, in that case. Um, I, again, I don't think it's, Hey, I've got a word. All right, here, come on up to the face, Mike. Right? Right. Like, I mean, it's, it does happen that way. Uh, in certain churches, I don't think that's, um, I, I would say that that, um, does not seem to resonate in my mind with the order that Paul is, is kind of talking about. Um, especially when you start to understand the role of the elders and as kind of mm-hmm. like the, the overseers doctrinally of the church. So, so that's what I would, that's, that's what I would say. Um, if you do find yourself in that position where you're like, man, I really feel like I've got something. I think you, you I mean, you can reach out to us. Like we as yeah. elders will hear that. We will weigh that. We will be very serious about that. We will not discount that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's kind of, that's kind of the elder's job, I think. Okay. Um, I, I see you have your Bible there. I brought it with me because, um, well. Open it up. I, I, I'm Acts 2. Well, I, I don't need, <laughs> I know what, I know what happens in Acts you know 2. What happens in Acts but two. I'll open it up if it makes you feel better. The, <laughs> If you want to, if you want to read a part of it to, okay. to give people some reference. Um, so in acts to, uh, the gift of tongues where people hear earthly languages. Yeah. Yep. On the day of Pentecost, on the day of Pentecost, does that still happen today? Oh, okay. So like, um, not, not what we talked about in first Corinthians 14, with the prayer language, but right. what I, I, I think I said, it, I called it the missiological use of tongues, mm-hmm. uh, in acts two. So here, I, you're right. I will read the scriptures. See, See? like a good pastor. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Acts two, the day of Pentecost, the coming of the Holy spirit. Um, let's see here. Verses. Okay, verse uh, four, Acts two four. Uh, they, this is the the Christians gathered. Uh, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance. Um, and then verse six, at and at this sound, the multitude came together, and they were bewildered because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. Mm-hmm. So that's it. They they are hearing. 
um, these tongues that the in Christians, it, yeah, the, the, the Christians are speaking in a language that they do not know. Mm-hmm. And then the people around them are hearing in their own native languages. Like I said, like German, though they were not speaking German, obviously, but does that still happen? Um, yeah, I think so. Um, now I, I've never experienced that, mm-hmm. but I have heard reports from people that I trust and, uh, missionaries, et cetera. So, so specifically on the mission front where, uh, where people will be sharing the gospel and others will hear it in other languages. But I've even heard this in churches in the West and in, in America, in the United States, even in Acts 29 churches where, uh, somebody will pray something over somebody mm-hmm. and they will hear it in their, their native. I didn't know you spoke Hindi. You know, I didn't, right. well, I don't, well, you were just praying over me. In, mm-hmm. you know, so now, Again, these are secondhand experiences. I have not had these firsthand experiences, but these are from people that I trust, uh, reputable, theologically um, solid individuals who are saying, yeah, this thing happens. Now, hear me. It doesn't happen often. I don't think it's like Mm -hmm. one in 10 have the gift of missiological tongues. Right. Um, But God can do that. And it seems that there are reports of it still being done. Yeah. Like I even, I mean, it's still all kind of weird, but I even feel like that makes more sense than the private prayer language that I think you said in your sermon that a YouTube video said it's like saying banana backwards. Yeah. So that it sounds more of like a gibberish sort of thing mm-hmm. that kind of makes more since then the gibberish part that it's like, Oh, it's, it's a, it's a language. Yeah. It's a language that people, somebody's will understand because it's some actual. Language. Well, and it's, and I said, and the, and the definitions vary like guys, mm-hmm. different, different, different folks uh, define this differently, but I think I used, I'm going to misquote my definition, but I think I said it was an, a language unknown to the speaker. And that's, that's the thing that most people agree on. Now, whether that language is unknown to everybody, Mm -hmm. um, like, so in Acts chapter two, here's the question. Are they speaking in another language or are they speaking gibberish and those people are hearing it it. as a known language? I don't know. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, That's again, up for speculation. uh, But, but you're right. That is where the gift of tongues, the missiological version of tongues certainly edifies and builds up the church. I mean, that's there. That's a very clear use of that gift as a means of building up the church, not just for personal edification. Right. Okay. Next question. Okay. Um, so you talked a lot about in your sermon this past Sunday about prophecy and how some of that is just, is asking God to get, to give you a name. Like you mm-hmm. use the example of mm-hmm. Eric and the pirate ship mm-hmm. and the shark who is Jesus, which was awesome. My kid loved that, by the way. Um, he listened to that. He loves sharks. So he was like, Jesus is a shark. Yeah. So yes. we'll correct his theology later. Uh-huh. Good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just later. Um, so talking about on the one hand, I, I mean, I, I do this a lot in my prayer life of just like, Hey God, I, I want to listen to you. I want to listen to to your words. I want to be silent. What do you have for me? Is there a difference between that Mm-mm. and actually having the gift of prophecy? Oh, okay. Yeah. 
So it's interesting when you look at the gifts, mm-hmm. uh, like the lists. Uh, I remember I said there are six lists right. in the New Testament of spiritual gifts. So if you look at those lists, uh, even a compiled list of spiritual gifts, uh, there are some some gifts that you're like, what? Okay, so like, for example, faith is a gift, mm-hmm. right? And so we talked about this. That that doesn't mean that if you don't have the gift of faith, you're not saved. Right. That what what that means is that you have a kind of a supernatural predisposition to trusting God inherently deeper than the faith necessary to be saved, mm-hmm. sal- salvific faith. Okay. Um, there's a some people are gifted as evangelists, right? So you might just have an unbelievable ability, an uncanny ability of bumping into, meeting, connecting with those who are unsaved and uh, just like you just share the gospel. Like you just, be, it's just how you're, you are wired as an evangelist. That does not mean that if you don't have quote, the gift of evangelism mm-hmm. that you don't evangelize, right? Every Christian is called to right. share their faith, to be an evangelist. Um, so, so there's, um, there are gifts that, um, that even if you don't have them, there's still things that you should be engaging and doing. Okay. So that comes then to prophecy. Uh, what I talked about on Sunday was, was trying to lean into and practice hearing God and stepping into what we call the prophetic, which is hearing what God might be revealing to you and then Mm -hmm. taking the step to, uh, orally report that to somebody else. Humbly recognizing that this is not a thus saith the Lord kind of thing. Um, that I think is an act of stepping into the prophetic or leaning into that. Um, now I do think that there will be some people who are more predisposed to that, who are gifted in that and probably will more frequently be attuned to and, um, confident in those things. Uh, so I think that's, that's maybe where the difference is. Uh, you might be able to do this and not feel like you have the gift of prophecy Mm -hmm. for others. Maybe God just like, he is just talking to you all the time and think it just, it's beyond you. Mm -hmm. Uh, that's what I would say. Like there is a difference between uh, somebody who is predisposed and gifted in that. And then the the call for every believer, I think, to just lean into, hey, God, what would you want me? Like, who can I be sensitive to? Who can mm-hmm. I encourage? Like, that's very different. But I think it's in that same, it's in the same ballpark. Uh, so, yeah, I, that, I think there is a difference. But I do think that there are some people who are just inherently wired differently for that. Yeah, and I and I think... I, I think the way you put it in your sermon is a, a real encouragement. I mean, to me thinking like, I don't, I don't have the gift of prophecy, but in thinking of, in thinking of it as an encouragement to others, we talked about this in our, in our discipleship group, discipleship group on Sunday after your sermon and how that was, it's such a great way to think of it. Like if, if, if you're bummed out there that you don't, have this gift of prophecy um, that it's like in your prayer time, you can, you can encourage other people. You can ask God for a name or whatever it is just to, and, and whether, like you said, whether or not it's, it's kind of bogus or you're asking someone, Hey, I, I got this, I got your name on my heart from God. And I don't know if you're struggling or not. And if they're like, Nope, I'm totally fine. It's like, well, 
just wanted to encourage you. I think it's, it's almost, it's almost simple to think of it that way that like, oh yeah, we can, we can just be encouraging to each other Mm. in that sense and not make it like, oh, I can't, like, I can't speak in prophecy, but yeah. And and at worst it's you encouraging them, right? but at best it's the Lord encouraging them. Yeah. Right. Like if it's truly from God, then that's awesome. Right. Like, oh, you don't understand. Like, like I, I, I hear stories all the time about people who, who, you know, like uh, another hypothetical, just go up and just say, Hey, like, I feel like God wants me to just encourage you. Are you, hurt? you, you, and they're like, yeah. you don't know. I just found out that I lost my job mm-hmm. or I just found out that my wife is miscarrying or I just like things, yeah. thing, think moments where it's like, and that encouragement is from a person, right? It's mm-hmm. like, Oh, thank you. But it's also God, thank you for caring enough about me to send somebody to me. Right. So at worst, like I said, at worst, it's like, man, this person cares for me. Right. And at best, it's like, man, the Lord really sees me. Totally. Um, okay. Last question here. All right. And this is the, and this, I, I feel like <laughs> maybe you're new to Fathom Church and you're just starting to listen to this stuff now, or you just started to come to church the last couple of weeks and you're like, oh man, we're talking yeah. about, yeah, this is, we're, this, is weird. This, this is weird stuff. Of course, we're talking about that stuff, but um, big question here. And and maybe, maybe especially if you're part of a church, and I'm, we're going to talk specifically Fathom here. If you're part of Fathom Church, you call Fathom your home church, and you disagree with your interpretation of this, um, that whether you're a, is it a cessationist? Mm-hmm. Cessationist or continuationist? If you're just like, I, I totally, I, I don't know where I'm at. Um, or I disagree, I'm over here, but I feel like Fathom's over here. Can, can you still attend Fathom? Can you still be a part of Fathom yeah. Church if something like tongues or prophecy, you are on the opposite end of the spectrum? Totally, totally. Because um, I think that's a real question yeah, of like people who yeah. attend a church go, oh no, especially the weird things like tongues and prophecy. I don't agree with this at all. Yeah. Can I even attend this church? Sh- yeah. Should I? Yeah, that's, that's okay. So, um, the answer should be yes. Mm-hmm. I think like there's the simple answer is, and, and, and Paul will say this in, and I'm just working on first Corinthians 15, which is this Sunday's sermon, but he's, he, he turns the page from chapter 14 and he says, uh, let me tell you what's of first importance, Yes, which I think is really helpful because mm-hmm. essentially what he's saying is, Hey, these gifts, the way that you practice tongues, the way that you deal in prophecy, they're great. That's great stuff. It's important stuff. It's just not of first importance. So we said, uh, goodness, back in the middle of first Corinthians talking about essentials and Mm non-essentials and, and the idea that there are gospel essentials that we must unify on, but there are a lot of things that are open handed issues. Mm -hmm. And I think this is one of those. Okay. Um, the elders and I, we don't all agree exactly on how we see these gifts and how we believe these gifts manifest. Uh, we are, uh, we, we, we talked about it in our elders meeting and feel like we are comfortably unified around some sort of cautious continuationist mm-hmm. position. We're not hardline cessationists, nor are we hardline continuationists. Like we're, we're we are trying to, um, just play this, this game somewhere in the middle. Um, and I think that's okay. I think it's okay to even disagree upon these things. 
I, I hope that the stance that we have taken facilitates a little bit more freedom for people from both edges to, to be a part of this camp. Mm-hmm. If we were hardline cessationist and you were a hardline continuationist, that would be a more difficult fit, I think, mm-hmm. um, or vice versa. Uh, but where we land, which is not, I don't think, a toothless, just free for all option, but I think is a legitimate understanding of an interpretation of the text. Um, I think it allows for people to agree, to disagree. Right. You know, so if you don't, if you, if you're just like, this is too weird, I I think I'm actually pretty well convinced these things don't exist. Okay. Like you're not going to, I hope you don't feel weirded out because we do think that we're Mm -hmm. also not going to be, you know, we're not having 200 people starting to speak in tongues next Sunday. Right. Um, I'm not giving a mic open mic prophecy day anytime soon. (laughs) Um, but at the same time, if you, if you speak in tongues and if you, uh, believe that God has a word for you, we're not going to put you in the weirdo camp and like exile you to the leper colony. Right. Like this is, this is your church too. And we believe that those are gifts that are legitimate if done biblically through the lens that we see it. So, um, so that's a long way of saying, I hope that this is a, a, a safe place for you to agree, disagree, or even argue from a different perspective. Right. And I think that's, I mean, that's great to hear where Fathom stands on it. I th- I think, and you brought it up, you talked about that a couple months ago, even just with the pandemic that we're in and it was the mask sort of thing. It's those things that are like, you know, there's, there's more important things. And I'm so glad that next week's here or this coming Sunday, your sermon is about the resurrection mm. and Paul saying, okay, I just talked about a a few weird things, but that's like, let's not get divided over these things. Let's refocus on focus, refocus ourselves on what is most important. Yeah. So, um, a little plug for this Sunday. Yeah. It'll be, maybe you took the last couple Sundays off. I don't know because it was weird. Be here, (laughs) listen to church this Sunday. It'll be good. Um, pastor Chris, do you have anything else to say about Tongues, or do Man, you want no, to be done? I'm, I'm, <laughs> tongues I'm, of prophecy, I'm, or do you want to be done with? I'm this? good. I've I've been, I've been on a deep dive into these gifts for the last couple. I mean, six to eight weeks, and so I'm I am excited to move on to other things. Yes. But I feel like I've learned. I feel like I've grown. I hope that we've done justice to the text, and mm-hmm. and hopefully encouraged and and educated and built up and and maybe corrected and maybe challenged right. our, our church a little bit with this. It's challenged me certainly. So. Um, so I'm thankful. I'm thankful that we're walking through this book this year because it's been a it's been a real, really interesting go for us. So it has been. And we talked about that in our D group, too, that it's like. I, I think I'm going to I'm going to credit my wife for saying this. She said, man, first Corinthians in a timeline in 2020, it just seems like it fit. Like yeah. it seems totally like, man, that is what we needed to hear. Yeah. So that's good. Um, so thank you, Pastor Chris. Um, yeah. thank you all for listening. Uh, again, uh, check us out on Sunday, uh, for, uh, more first Corinthians, um, s- things from Pastor Chris. Um, again, we have a nine and 11 o'clock service. Uh, we are open to in person, but you have to register. So please, uh, go to fathomchurch.org and register for the nine or 11 AM. And we're live streaming both of them. So check us out online. If you are not um, not ready to come back yet, uh, we got some exciting things coming up that we're um, really excited to share with you all. But thank you so much for listening. Subscribe to this if you haven't already, so you can have all of the podcasts in one place, as well as all the sermon 
podcasts from Sundays. Um, but that's it. Thank you for listening, church. We love you, and we'll catch you next time. Thank you.